it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Hey guys. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. It's Justin. I'm here in LA. We've got the one and only Michael Fiella over in London. What's up, bro? Yo. Yo, I was just thinking, you, everybody pray for me. I'm still going to be trying to live in the London suburbs, but trying to move and it's a pain in the ass right now. I had to go meet with the landlord to see if she like approved of me renting her apartment. Still no feedback. So I might have failed the test. I don't know. What the hell? I know, I know. So if you guys hear this, send out some good wishes. Is this this is still right around where you live right now? Yeah, it's about forty minutes away, but it's just like circling London, if that makes sense. Yep, like I'm the same is... distance away from the city. It sounds like the the whole housing deal out there is is shit. It's I've been looking for months, and now I finally like someone because you have to put in an offer to rent, like like as if you're buying a house, and. Like, I finally think my offer is going to be accepted, but, like, done no feedback, so. Oh, God. Anyway, long story short, appreciate any well wishes here to help this process go. Send Mike your well wishes. He's not leaving London. They're going to have to drag him out. Well, there's really no segue to this episode from that, but I will say we've got a fun one today. Top five perfect casting choices. So these are... The choices in casting that we found to be the best ever, the most just spot on, wow, like, how did they get it so right choosing this, you know, actor for this role? Um, and there's, there's, you know what, Mike, I discovered with this exercise this week is that there's a lot of great casting choices. There's a lot of great, there's a lot of characters you see that you can't imagine anybody else playing, you know? They've just taken over the role and made it their yeah. own. And I think that's, you know, that's part of the magic of film, right? I got to say, like, it was really hard for me to even know which, who I wanted to pick because there's yeah. so many that are, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, iconic. Just sort of had to go with a few where I was just like, wow, like that was just, that was just unbelievable. And I, and I still feel like I left five to 10 off that could have been in any of these spots. Yeah, totally. And I think maybe... If anything, I just tried to leave off some films that we get to talk about more often because it was just mm-hmm. so much choice. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great casting out there. Shout out to all the professional casting agents. Casting yes. agents, is that right? Yes. The casting agents, the casting agencies. You're you're doing good work. Next. Yeah. All right. Before we get into our main topic, we have to talk about something. It's going to be our spotlight this week, and it's also going to lead into next week's episode topic. So our spotlight is going to be the new Scream movie, Scream 5, but just titled Scream, which once you've seen the movie is very fitting. And right before we dive in, I just want to say next week, 
we're going to be doing an all-inclusive Scream deep dive episode on all five films, including the new one. It'll be spoiler filled. So, you know, if you haven't seen the new one yet, I would recommend not listening or at least cutting yourself off before we do talk about the new one. But really what we're saying is go see the new one because I'm going to just start with my thoughts. I thought it was fucking amazing. Okay, I'm glad that you did. And I don't know why I just had the vibe that you were going to think that. I mean, anyone who's not crazy would think that. But then there's Mike. Yeah, I was gonna say, we all know that I'm, I'm a crazy person. So no, I just, I, you know, I just thought it was it was I had a similar vibe to after I watched four, where I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's a serviceable sequel. But I don't know, like, I guess explain to me why this one is so much better or different than the previous sequels. Well, first of all, didn't you love four? Uh, well, before this one, I won't say anything that I haven't already said on the pod. It was my second favorite. So I, I think it is the best of the sequels. Okay, so there you go. So I, you know, we'll go more in depth with this next week. But I think there is a chance this is this one is my favorite after the first one, this new one. And the reason that I'll say I thought it was so good, I personally think every Scream sequel is good to just for starters. I think two and three have some flaws, obviously, but I still think they're very enjoyable sequels. And I think most people would agree with that. Some people don't like three. Four is great. This one to me. So I went in. I was concerned. It's a January release. Mm. The trailer, to be completely honest, was questionable. I started throughout the week hearing rumblings of, you know, this this thing's actually really fun, really good, you know, clever reboot, whatever. And I go in and, and personally, I was just I couldn't have had more fun at the theater between everyone just being excited for the first, you know, that's that's just the first note. The movie, like all of them are clever. This, I think, since the first one truly was the most clever in the sense of so many things like the entire it's hard to talk too deeply about it without going into the plot heavily but even just the way i can i can give this up so obviously this movie's called scream it's the fifth one they bring in a lot of um younger actors like who do we have in there we have a uh, dylan minette who, of course, is from 13 Reasons Why and also in the band Wallows. We have um, from The Boys, uh, Jack, Jack Quaid. Yeah, Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid's son, who's awesome as well. And, and we just have, a, there's a really fun young cast in this with, of course, you still bring back Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox and David Arquette, you know, our, our three heroes. And uh, they just, the way that, even the fact that it's called Scream and everyone obviously was like, why didn't they just call it Scream 5? That's like touched on in the movie. And in the way that Scream poked fun at slasher films and all of the rules, this coins the word, I believe, what was it, Mike? Re- uh, the, the, the requel. The requel. And it's genius. Just, just throughout the whole thing, I really liked how they built uh, tension and suspense in this. I thought all the different kills were completely different and were suspenseful in different ways. 
I just really, really liked it. I thought they did a very good job. I think Wes Craven would be proud. And uh, I mean, they sort of just blew me away that it could be this good 25 years later. I just I can't believe that. Yeah, I just I I don't know, man. I just I've already forgotten it. I saw it about two hours ago and I already forgot it. Like I just they're getting it's just maybe I watched too much Scream in the last like week. But it just it feels so much like Scooby Doo, you know, where I just I like by the by the time we get to the reveal. Hey, Scooby Doo is my favorite cartoon know, of all time. I know, I'm just saying, like I just don't really care who did it anymore and whatever lame reason they come up with why they did it. You know what I mean? Uh, you are crazy. You know, it's it's fine, but like uh, yeah, like I already forgot, honestly. I can't believe you're saying this. I'm honestly shocked. I was ready to come on here and gush about this movie with you. I, and I just, I think we had a similar idea with The Matrix as well, that where it's like, I don't know, is is being meta like enough? Like, don't you have to do a little bit more than that? I, I think so. But like other people, I mean, people agree with you. And I'm certainly not saying it's bad. To me, like, this I, one did do more. So I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like, it, it said some things about modern film and then like, it kind of just fell like, yeah, you know, this is the same sort of jump scares and dumb horror movie decisions that we've seen like many times. Like, and, you know, I don't know about that. You know what? We're going to have a great debate next week. I'll tell you that. But I, I will say we had, we talked about this on the pod. I think that we were both worried about the, the January release um, and it sounds like you had a similar experience. This this feels like a big movie. Big. You know, My theater was nothing, packed. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing really out this week specifically. Um, and it's smart the way that they're doing it because this, I think, could easily have been buried if it came out two weeks earlier or two weeks later. Um, but yeah, it's, it was it was a big movie here as well. So I just oh, I loved having everyone going nuts in the theater. Agreed. It was it was Agreed. delightful. Um, and and just to say again, not the critics are the end all be all, but for a horror movie, this is tracking incredibly well. It's got a seventy five percent fresh on Tomato Meter and a ninety percent audience score. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line, you've got to go see it and decide for yourself. And sure. Mike and I are going to debate this next week. We're going to go in depth uh, for all of you that have seen it, and then for all of you that have, of course, seen all the films in the franchise. And it's a very special episode for Mike and me because, as we'll touch on again next week, when we first started this podcast, we did a couple practice episodes, obviously, just to get a feel for how we were going to do everything, set up the format. And one of those practice episodes that I don't even know if we have anymore was a Scream deep dive. And to be able to do it proper now, now that we're, I mean, a year and a half into this, I'm very excited. And the other episode was Sugar Ray, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out Mark McGrath. Um, feel free to feel free to come on the pod at any time. But uh, okay, so that that is our spotlight for the week. And Mike, should we should we get into what we're really here for now? Let's let's do it. You want to start? I will. I will absolutely start, and I am going to take us back to. A trilogy of films that that I don't think we've really talked about much on the pod, maybe in an episode or two, but I'm taking us to the Lord of the Rings films. Mm. And I am going with Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Ooh, this is a good choice. Thank I you. like it. So admittedly, like I, I am a big Lord of the Rings fan, but with that said, like 
there are millions of diehard Lord of the Rings fans. So I'll say I'm like a more casual person that really enjoys the films. So it's not like this would be a super obvious choice for me. But when I think of certain characters that, you know, when I read the books, they pretty much turned out to look exactly how I envisioned them. Gandalf could not be more spot on. It's like he was literally sent here to this earth to just play this, you know, legendary wizard of a character. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I never read the books, but it's it's incredibly difficult for me to imagine anyone else taking over that role. I mean, it's it's and his ability to make it sort of light and playful at times, I think kind of makes the character like he has a long a wide wide range of emotions that he has to convey across the films Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's pretty much perfect in all of them and let's be real like i I won't go into other films just you know just in case anyone you know in case you had anything else but like he has a you know he is a very good actor he has a couple roles that are just unforgettable where i feel like he slays it but this is Gandalf, you know, in in Lord of the Rings and of course also The Hobbit, but I wasn't as big of a fan of those movies personally, but he kills it. And I just, yeah, I could not think of anyone else in the world playing that character. Just can't be done. Can we just take this time to revisit a movie that we talk about all the time, but I just feel like we should mention it anytime there's crossover. Most recently was in the Christmas episode, but how hilarious is Jason Siegel in the very, like, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall with his, you shall not pass. Yes, yes. So fucking oh, funny. It's so good. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Well, my number five is it's not a million miles away from Lord of the Rings, if I'm honest. And, oh. uh, you know, it might sound like a weird choice at first, but I think the more you think about it, you'll get on board. Because my number five is i don't think we have an official podcast hall of fame but if we did this person might be the first inductee or at least part of the first class of inductee because that's our man jerry butts oh and i want to talk about 300 tell me my god who else could have played leonidas as well as he does in this film wow that is a great call I mean, you. I mean, this is Sparta. Is that line even iconic? Like coming from someone else? No, maybe, maybe not. No, it's you know, not. Spartans. What is your profession? His ability to just yell is just. I mean, and and he's obviously huge, which definitely helps. Like he got unbelievably ripped for it, but something about his like you know charisma that he's able to show in other movies translates here into like, you know, kind of his leadership ability. And I think also, I was just thinking about it, like, I love that even though this is supposed to be ancient Greece, he just speaks in, like, his thick Scottish accent. There's just something about it that gives him this, like, rugged quality that just makes the character completely work. And I just think he crushed it. I don't know who else could do it. Dude, that's, that is an inter- interesting choice in the sense of that it is a singular... I don't want to say this wrong. Like, okay, when you're talking about what was what was was 300 an original script? 
Uh, well, it's based off a graphic novel, right? But that's right. Okay, okay. So, like, but even so, like, you know, a lot of times you're talking about these like very famous adaptations where everyone yeah. has like an idea of how like someone looks. Yeah. But it's like when you think about 300, it's so true. Like, the first thing you think about is Jerry Butts, and you can't think of anyone else just owning that character so perfectly. Literally, looks like he was spit right out of the time period. He he really does. And and you know, it's interesting what you said about like not necessarily having an idea in your mind. It's crazy to think that like you would go from having no idea whatsoever, like someone from effectively a history book from I I don't even know when this takes place, like BC times, right? And now it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's yeah, it's that guy. You know, like it's now that person is forever Jerry Butts. Fucking Jerry Butts, man. God, we love that man. We really, really do. With good reason. I think, I mean, he's never been better than in this movie. It's certainly no. never owned a role more than this movie. Dude, fantastic pick. I love that pick. Pretty out of, out of left field to a degree, and that's why I love it. because it's And it's true. I like the, I'm, I'm liking this topic already. I cannot wait to see what you have for number four. Well, I'm going to take us to a certain character that... Uh, isn't quite part of the fantasy world, but a character that we've come to know in, in pop culture nonetheless. And that is Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. I love this not only because it's, you know, this is a no-brainer, 100% agree, but I'm also going to have a great number four to pair off this. Ooh, I love, and I love that. So yeah, Silence of the Lambs, 1991 film, Hannibal Lecter, the famous, you know, psychopath cannibal. He just, man, obviously like there was Manhunter before this, which didn't star him. But then there was what? There was this, there was Hannibal, there was literally, it was called Hannibal and then Red Dragon. I mean, this is the movie that really matters, but like he, you, you, you truly cannot imagine anyone else playing this role like he so much is like feels like he is Hannibal Lecter that I forget who it was someone do you remember this someone dated him and had to break up with him because she said that she literally too much was reminded of Hannibal uh no I don't remember that but I would absolutely believe and uh but it's just like you know Clarice, like there's just no one can do it the way he did his the t- oh my god yes it's like the little the little fucking the way he spoke you know so his tone mixed in with yes the little like the facial expressions or the little things he would do with his mouth it's like the man was brilliant it's gotta be one of the most like incredible performances ever and again i think we've talked about this maybe once on the pod in the past he's only on screen for a little bit of the film like not that much of the film yeah it's it's more of a jody foster movie but he's just he's unbelievable yeah he's only in it i think it's about 15 minutes well that could be it has been a while for me but yeah i mean he's in multiple scenes yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but like but they're spread out and they're not too long. He's he's just masterful. You can't say Hannibal Lecter and not envision Anthony Hopkins. You just cannot do it. So here's what I really like about this pick the most is that, first of all, Manhunter is a fucking great movie. 
Great movie. And Brian Cox as Hannibal is great. Mm-hmm. And the Hannibal TV show, I've only seen bits of it, but everyone says it's fantastic. And Mads Mikkelsen's also a great actor. All of that said, Hannibal's Anthony Hopkins, and it could never be anybody else. It just never mm-hmm. will be. And He's that's that's just it. I mean, he it's the perfect cast. What can you say? So fucking good. He's the best. Okay, so my number four, also villain. Uh, I do feel like some things, you know, maybe even inspired by Hannibal, if you look closely. Ooh. And I wanted to talk about this. It's it's something that I think other people might have thought of, but it's specifically a movie that we've – it's not like we shit on it on the pod, but like we've said multiple times how neither one of us actually love the movie. But I absolutely love the performance. And this is Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Ah, great choice on sugar or sugar, depending on who's saying it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, I, I love that we both went villain for number four. That's just amazing. Fantastic. And this is one of those where like, it's a role that I do think other people could have played. However, now that you've seen it, it's impossible to imagine anybody else playing it. And you just, you know, you know, you see him and you believe it immediately. And he's just really calm in a way, sort of like Anthony Hopkins is. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like, I don't know. He has this way that he carries himself where it's this like immovable object. Just you you never really think he's not going to kill everybody in the film. You know what I mean? He just marches forward emotionless and there's no way to stop him. Oh, he's so creepy and so good. The creepiest, perfect villain. And it's it's funny, like. I was just reading about it today, um, and it said on Wikipedia that uh, he actually almost withdrew from the movie, and the person they had on standby was Mark Strong, who's like a, a fine actor, who I like quite a bit, but to imagine, like, that never would have been the same. It wouldn't have even been close. So I like that we even have a possibility of who would have replaced him so that we can say, no fucking way, it's Javier Bardem or, or die. Yeah, I mean, he's just, it's its truly insane how good he is and how much he embodies that character. And you 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 truly cannot think of another person that could ever have played him. You just can't now. You just nope. can't. Nope. It's a great number four. I love how we both went villain. Of like, you know, sort of like thriller-ish movies. Yeah, totally. All right, okay. I'm excited about number three because it's a little bit, off the cuff for me if you know me like it's not like my favorite set of movies that this pick comes from but I had a couple ideas I was throwing around for my number three and a couple that are going to be just off my list they'll be on my honorables but who I decided to go with I went with my heart with just someone that my whole life I've thought is the single perfect human being to play this role and that is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Dude, that's on my honorables and I've only wow. seen one X-Men movie. Completely that's incredible. Great. Yeah. It's like I had to include it. I find the X-Men films to be all right. Like I, I like them. I actually love um, Logan. Big fan of that movie. But either way, it, it, it's all irrelevant in the sense of I just think you could not have picked a more perfect human being like based off all the fucking comic books and everything it's like when you look at wolverine there is not a better actor on planet earth that could have played him than hugh jackman he just looks like him he, he really does he really does 
it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, I'm still impressed. That was one that even when we were young, I feel like, Mike, you could like back then when like these movies were first coming out, I would be like, like, wow, like this guy looks just like the character that I've, you know, known. Yeah, it's freaky. His facial structure, even like this might be weird, but I feel like Hugh Jackman's like a pretty hairy guy. Yes. And I I think that helps. Like it totally adds to the character. He just nails it. He absolutely nails it, and you know he, he honestly gets better and better. Because I have to say, Logan to me is a fantastic film, and sort of a step above the other films, which I enjoy as well. But I feel like it's actually like a great movie, Logan. But uh, wait, do I need to watch the other X Men's to watch Logan? Because you've mentioned that to me before. Absolutely not. Oh, okay, maybe I'll do yeah. that. Because you said it's like it's like a road movie or something. Right? It's like an R-rated road movie. Wow. It's okay. completely different than the whole rest. Of, they just let them do their fucking thing. It's, yeah, it's completely different from the rest of the series. Okay. Yeah. Ve- I think you will really enjoy it. But yeah, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, had to get shouts. Had to get shouts. Yeah, absolutely love that. That is on my long, long list of honorables. So I'm glad it made it to your list. Uh, uh, honestly just a freaky one it's he looks too much like wolverine if he really does okay um my number three i feel like is one if you've seen it you know and if you don't i'll do my very best like to describe it and i actually don't think we discussed this movie on the lost episode with zach but i'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's ever been picked outside of that episode Ooh, okay and that is 2003's school of rock wow and i'm talking jack black Wow, our dear friend Jack Black, who we love so very much. Yeah, I just can't imagine this movie working at all if anybody but Jack Black is not there. And, you know, he had been going a little bit more adult. Obviously, he'd played sort of like some stoner roles in the 90s. But, you know, before this is uh, Saving Silverman, Orange County, Shallow Mm -hmm. Hal. Uh, But then he like dials it down to PG for this movie. And it's just... I don't know. Is it like his passion for music, which we know from Tenacious D? Like, there's something about it where you just can't help but root for him. You totally buy the character, um, and it's yeah, maybe it's just his charm, his his charisma too. Like, it's just he nails it. And I I I, I thought thought about this for a while before officially adding it to the list. I have no idea who else could have played this role. I could not agree more. He is absolutely synonymous with that role. What's his name in it? Uh, Dewey Finn. Ned. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Dewey. Yeah, I was thinking of Ned Schneeblet because that's <laughs> his fake name. Oh, my God. It's Yeah. Oh, man. Like, he is so – you cannot think of this movie. The only thing you think of I – won't, I won't say only. I don't want to downplay the rest of how great it is. But the first thing you think of without a doubt is Jack Black. That's it. Yeah. And there's been what? I mean, there's like a musical, there's like a TV show. Yeah, it's I mean, huge. Come on, and it's I, Jack Black and I think else. that like it was this unbelievable perfect timing and perfect casting of like yep. yes, Jack Black does have a musical background. He actually has a great voice, actually good, you know, musically. And then mixed with, yeah, he had done some more I guess we'll say like PG-13 trending into adult films. And then like this sort of was this family friendly affair, but it like wasn't just for kids. It was also for adults and it was just this perfect storm. And nobody could have led this except Jack Black because he's a national treasure. 
Yeah, very well said. And I will just say, another hero of the podcast, Joan Cusack in this movie, also kind of a perfect cast. Dude, such a perfect cast. Yeah, yeah. could have gone with Joan. Good old Joan. We love Joan. We sure do. We sure we do. really we, do. And we love John, I think. We love the Cusacks. Oh, yeah. We absolutely do. But she she is an absolute hero of the pot. Facts. A true treasure. Oh, my friend. That one really just hit me in the heart. Cannot wait for your number two. Number two. You are going to die laughing at my number two, I think. Okay. It's not even necessarily a movie that I like that much. And and with that said, before I say what it is, I actually love the series that I'm talking about. Like, it's actually one of my favorite things ever from growing up. Oh, my God. But it's just like this had to be done because there is truly, I don't think, anyone that looks more like the character. And I can fucking tell you because I grew up watching it every single day of my life. And that is Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Okay. And Scooby-Doo. I have to tell you that I have it higher. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, yes! I want you to know, Mike, I had it at number one until we started the pod, and then I decided to slip something higher. Oh. I have no idea how we both have Scooby-Doo <laughs> on our list. I am losing it right now. Okay, I all right. I have to move to number two and then get back to this. Okay. Okay, right. okay. I don't even know. Like, my whole world is shaken. How? Okay. My number two... I could have gone with any number of films, to be honest. And that oh, I should say, that's because I wanted to talk about Nick Cage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I molded over and I went with 2018's Mandy. Ooh, which I still need to see. It's so Nick Cage. Like, I double-checked and I don't think the role was written specifically for him. I was looking into the casting and I don't think it was, but like it's impossible to imagine anyone else playing this character in like a cosmic psychedelic horror movie. And it's just he he goes so hard with the violence. Um, he gets so unhinged, as you know, Nick Cage can if you've ever seen any Nick Cage movie. <laughs> but he also like there's so many opportunities for him to um, be like kind of cool and collected. As as Nick Cage also does, like my like probably my favorite movie moment from this entire movie is very early on. He he comes home from work, um, you know, and his girl. I think it's just his girlfriend. I don't think they're married. Uh, who's Mandy? Is in the house, and he comes in, and he's like, knock knock. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, who's there? And he's like, Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada, who? Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> That's the whole joke. <laughs> it's just oh my incredible. God. It's just so fucking good. Oh. And the movie is so cool. I mean, it's like a kind of an instant cult, cult film if there's ever such a thing. But, I mean, Nick Cage is always Nick Cage. Uh, and when he's allowed to be himself, there is no one that could ever replace him. Talk about national treasures. He, I, mean, he, I mean, wow. I see what you did there. Uh, and yes. <laughs> you know i didn't even know i just did that oh, wow. um, i can't okay. believe i'm admitting that holy right. shit okay. oh my god fucking nick cage that movie coming up too is just gonna be insane oh yeah well i think that's april 
it's April. Um, oh my God, what's it called again? The something unbearable weight of massive talent or something like that. Something very similar to that. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, yes. Okay, nice. Where Nick Cage plays himself. Unbelievable. The man is just insane. He really is. It just was his birthday recently. Oh, wow. How old Jan- is he? January 7th. He turned, uh, let's see, he turned 58. Knock on wood. Like, I can't wait to see what Nick Cage is doing in his 70s in terms of acting. Me either. Me freaking either. And now that I think about it, this is this has become a bit of a rehash of our episode with Dr. Action. I know he would be all in on Nick Cage and Jerry Butts from my list. He'd be so all in. Ian, we miss you, pal. Come back on. Wow. Fantastic number two. Okay. Number one for you, and then we're back into Scooby-Doo. Number one for me, a last-minute switchover. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy I did. Even though it would be so great to both have Scooby at number one, and, and Scooby really is like my favorite cartoon of all time, Scooby-Doo. So, like... It just blows my mind still. We'll get there about how much Matthew Lillard looks like Shaggy. But um, I had to put one higher because, and I know Mike's going to appreciate this. There's just someone that you literally, it has to be maybe the most perfect choice of all time. It could never be replicated by anyone else. So much so that they literally had to just have him back for the remake that's James Earl Jones as Mufasa oh, okay. in The Lion King. Yeah, okay. And also we can throw Darth Vader into that mix from Star Wars, but we're talking about Mufasa here. Talk about iconic, bro. It's, yeah, it would be hard to replace him. You can't have another voice be Mufasa. He does the voice in the in the remake from 2019, too. He's because the only visit. one that carried over, right? He is, yeah. Well, You couldn't do it with anyone else. You just can't recreate that voice that booming voice that he has no i mean we talked about this a bit on uh the movie what ifs and i do think orson wells would have been a cool darth vader but he would have been dead by the time of lion king so there really would have been no one else alive that could have done it it's just it's it's all time for me and i think it speaks for itself there's just not much else i need to even say about it i mean hard hard to deny hard to deny that choice I think we just need to start talking about Scooby-Doo, honestly. Okay, so just to be clear, my number one is actually a four-way tie. And it's the entire main cast of Scooby-Doo. Because we can talk about Matthew Lillard, but Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Linda Cardellini are all just as good. Every one of them, a perfect casting choice. They really are! I mean, Freddie Prince. I mean, Fred... First of all, his name is Fred, which is honestly just too much right there. But I mean, Fred is like, you know, he's the leading man. He's like the sort of narcissistic kind of bossy guy. Daphne, she's like the, you know, sort of rich, popular, uh, fashionable person. Like basically just Sarah Michelle Gellar in all of her other roles. Linda Cardellini, I mean, she looks just like her. She has like, I don't know, like almost... Chipmunky voice? Is that a thing you could say about somebody? Like, she just embodies the character. And then, obviously, Matthew Lillard. I mean, he looks just like him. And you you immediately buy the... I guess they cut it out of the film. But we all know that Shaggy's a stoner. He's always been a stoner in a kid's cartoon. And you get that vibe from Matthew Lillard immediately. Immediately. 
And it's just, I mean, okay, the film is not good. I'll tell you that right now. No, Sorry, James really Gunn, who wrote this movie, if people forgot that. But yeah, I mean, every one of them is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Like, it, it's actually insane. And it is, I do wish, you know, the thing about this movie that would have made it even better, though, is like, they, it was, there was like, there's an R-rated cut out there somewhere. How badly do you want to see that cut? So bad. So badly. So, so like so badly where like they, they do like they do smoke weed like they they hit like all of the things and I think in this one in this one Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are explicitly together right wait say that once more like in Scooby-Doo the cartoon Fred and Daphne are not a couple right um, officially you're testing me right now I don't think they ever I are don't I think, think it's just they in, are like you just are supposed to assume that they are it's sort of and implied. I think in this one, it's explicit because they're like a couple in real life. Yes, yes. I think you're right. I think you're right. But yeah, I was reading there's there's a somewhere out there they filmed a Daphne and Velma. I don't know if it was a, a small kiss, a makeout session. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I mean, where's that? Where's that cut? Please, somebody release that on like a <laughs> Blu ray. Dude, it's just like. How did that 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 casting agent needs to just be hired for everything? And they talked about they talked about for Shaggy specifically, Jim Carrey, Mike Myers, people that we like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, neither one of those would have been even close. What are we talking about here? No, like would have been awful, honestly, in comparison. I don't know who made those choices, but is there a casting agent that said? Hey, Jim Carrey's interested in this. Mike Myers is interested in this. But remember that guy from Scream? He's the guy, you know? I don't know who did it, and I love whoever did it. Yeah, whoever you are, you're an absolute hero. You're a hero. You're an absolute hero. Like, you chose the right guy for the part. He couldn't be more perfect in an already perfect cast for, you know, taking a cartoon and making everybody live action real life. It's insane. I truly wish that the movies were better, like the the live action Scooby Doo's, because the casting's so good. How it is that Scooby Doo came to champion the perfect casting list, I'm not totally sure, but it it's worthy. It's truly worthy. It really, really is. Okay, so I let's recap and then maybe spend some time with some honorables. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, so I had at number five, Ian McKellen, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Four, Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs and sequels. Three, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the X-Men movies. Two, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. And one, James Earl Jones as Mufasa in The Lion King. I am five. Uh, Our man, Gerard Butler in 300. Um, four, Harvey, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Three, a Jack Black in School of Rock. Two, Nick Cage and Mandy. Though, feel free to hit us up with any other roles that you feel like should have been there. Um, and one, the, the sort of main non-Scooby cast of Scooby-Doo. Wow. Love it. I know we have a shit ton of honorables. Want me to kick us off with a couple? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'd say two that I really wanted to include i mean there was a lot but two that i really thought about putting in the top five for me was robert downey jr's tony stark iron man yep love it got that i mean he's just absolutely synonymous with the character you can't think 
of it not being RDJ at this point, and Jeff Bridges as the dude from Big Lebowski. Ooh, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that. That is a good one. He just, you can't think of anyone else that could be the dude. And the dude has become such a staple of pop culture. Yeah, that is a good one. I'll lead us off with those. You you now go, because I, I, okay. I have a ton. I have a yeah, ton. Yeah, me too. All right, here's my next like four or five. Okay. John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Nice. Yep. Billy Bob Thornton, Bad Santa. Ooh, that's really good. Uh, Will Smith, Ali. Yep. And this is also like a two-way tie. Um, but it's with the same actor. So I'm going with Margot Robbie in I, Tanya and all of her Harley Quinn performances. Oh, wow. I actually, so first of all, I didn't have any of those that you just listed. I think they're all great. And I really like that Margot Robbie one, especially the Harley Quinns. I feel like she really made Harley Quinn like her own. Yeah, and I mean, in in cartoons and stuff like that, that I'd seen like growing up, I mean, that's the fucking character. She's absolutely yeah. nailed it. She totally, that is such a good one. Um, okay, a few more that I have. I've got, okay, going back to X-Men, I really thought Patrick Stewart was just incredible as Professor yeah, Xavier. Yeah, nice, yeah. Um, and honestly, you can also drop, as I hinted at earlier, oh, Ian yeah. McKellen that's as right. fucking Magneto. That's good um, so those guys, I think Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown in the Back to the Future series. Yeah. Vigo Mortensen is Aragorn in the in the Lord of the Rings films. Can't think of a better person to play that character. Dude, you know what's one? Sort of like a random one, but that, at least for me, it's just, this is what, I just don't think there's another human being that could have played the role. Ryan Reynolds is Van Wilder. Oh, that's interesting. I just... I still to this day seeing him in anything just think he's Van Wilder. Yeah, it's so hard now because like that was maybe the first iteration of the character he plays in every film. Exactly. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Give me some more because I've got a bunch more too. Okay, yeah. So maybe I'll use this round for things we talk about all the time and therefore didn't make my list. Okay. Keanu in The Matrix. Yep, that's on mine as well. As as well as him as John Wick and Johnny Utah. But yeah, I mean, really, any, any I mean, Bill and Ted? Uh, anyway. Oh, okay. God, yes. He's, um, just the, he's the good. Uh, Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's great. The yep. character is by far my favorite part of the movie. Things we talk about. Uh, Christoph Waltz in Glorious Bastards. Is things we oh, talk my about. God, yeah. Um, Johnny Depp in Pilots of the Caribbean. We've just talked about yep, that I've, recently. I've got that one. And it, I did check. I thought about putting this on my list. It was last May that I used this movie, I think, but I'm going to let it go a whole year. I think Jennifer's body, <laughs> a film that we know I love and, and truly one of the most perfect casting choices ever. I think I'll call it like my number six, maybe which casting choice. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, Amanda Seyfried is also a, a pretty great cast, but it's, it's Megan Fox. Okay. Wow. I just love how much you love Jennifer's body. Oh, um, okay. I'll drop a couple more. Um, I gotta go. Heath Ledger is the Joker in the, okay, in the Dark nice. Knight films. Okay, I'm gonna go two characters from Die Hard: Bruce mm-hmm. Willis as John McClane and Alan Rickman as Hans gotta Gruber. Gotta Just be. both iconic film characters. Um, nobody else could do it. And let's see. Oh, Mike, you are gonna specifically love this one. 
Eugene Levy as Jim's dad in the American Pie series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, arguably the most iconic character of the franchise. I I fully agree. Um, also, I'm going to go Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm in the Jurassic Park movies. I don't think you could do those movies without him. Honestly, Sam Neill, pretty fucking good cast there as well. I, I, I totally agree. And then I'll say Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's solid. You know what's really funny? I just thinking about it because I just said Sam Neill. But yeah, Sam Elliott is also like the perfect cast and everything. Like that's you, so true. Like him in Roadhouse is incredible. But we already talked about it. But him in The Big Lebowski. I mean, who else could be that character? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. All right. Here's a few more from me. Brad Pitt in Snatch. Ooh, very nice. Show stealer there. And I like the first thing I think of anytime I think of that movie. Um, Malcolm McDowell in Clockwork Orange. That is a fantastic one. I'm going to go with a little two, two-parter here, which is Oops. Bella Lugosi in Dracula and Boris Karloff in Frankenstein. I mean, we're going on 90 years of those two characters that are like constantly revisited across Mm -hmm. films and no one will ever think of anything but those two classic mike going old school i love it ben kingsley in gandhi he also just looks so much like him like he's that is so true tim curry rocky horror yep and my last one i'll throw out there what do you think about marissa tomei and my cousin Vinny? Ooh, i mean i mean it was like a perfect it's like a it is a perfect casting choice pretty fucking perfect I am going to give us three more, and then I'm done. Okay. Jason Statham is Chef Chelios in the Crank movies. Yeah, hard to, hard to argue that. Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Oh, that's good. And my final one, which I'm dropping, not only because I do believe so, but also it's by far the most mentioned online when you try to look up this topic. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man films. Ooh, he's in like all of them too, like all of the different iterations, uh, the Tobys, I think the Andrew Garfield ones and and then the new ones with Tom Holland. And he really is just like the exact he embodies that that character just like he is that character who plays Dr. Octopus. That guy is is really fucking good, too. Uh, Oh, uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even Dude, just like watching the trailers and stuff. He's amazing. And Willem Dafoe's amazing too. Back in the day, as uh, what's what's his name? Green Goblin. Yeah, Green Goblin. He's a great Green Goblin. Honestly, like Tobey Maguire is a pretty perfect cast for Spider Man. I'm just gonna throw that out no, there. Dude, I fully agree. I no think he actually. No, the other guys are good too. But but T- Toby truly. He is what you always thought of as Spider. Like when we first saw Spider Man, we were like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like that yeah, is Spider Man. Yeah, very similar to the Robbie Downey Jr. reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is the guy. This is the guy. Fully agree. What about Arnie in the Terminator? I was thinking about that. He's great for whatever. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yes, yes. What am I saying? Of course, no one else could be the Terminator. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 all I have. I feel like I threw about twenty out of rolls. That was that's enough. Yeah, that's that's it for me as well. Wow, Scooby-Doo. I mean, this will be a historic episode where we both picked Scooby-Doo. Can you believe that? I truly cannot. I am shocked. Okay. What a great app. Very yes, fun to go so, down this path. 
Very fun. And and I, I have to say, bit of an awkward transition, but I think if you think about it, you may agree. Next week, we're doing a deep dive into Scream. Scream, the original, pretty fucking great casting. Really good casting. I mean, great. Think about how long enduring this franchise has gone. And that's because, first of all, the leads in Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and fucking David Arquette. But yes, when we go into one specifically, I mean, you could not have between what Jamie Kennedy, uh, Skeet Ulrich, our boy. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, our man, Matthew Lillard, Mr. Shaggy himself. It's just they they could not have got that whole movie more perfect with the casting. No. And it created, I mean, we'll let's talk more next week, but I mean, this was it created the character driven slasher really, right? I mean, all of these are so great casts that that's what allows for sequels and allows you to stay invested in the entire series. Mhm. It's true. And we're going to go down that rabbit hole next week, so we hope you join us. Anyways, what a what a fun app, man. What a fun app. Can't wait for next week. If you want to reach us and let us know casting choices we missed, you know how to find us. Instagram, Top Fives and Deep Dives. Twitter, at Top Dives. You can go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It takes 30 seconds. Helps us get noticed. We would, we could not be more grateful if you do that. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Peace out. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. 